Okay, I always feel super preachy when I do these types of episodes, but um, I read a really good quote that that just got me thinking about being a golf professional um, and the tendency in 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 golf um, to just kind of have a, a certain playbook and a certain way of doing things and just kind of having to follow along and kind of fall in line and, and do your thing. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, to work for uh, a lot of people that have uh, encouraged me to kind of step out of that box a little bit and seen some potential there and, and pushed me in that direction. And I've been in a situation where others have kind of you know, not understood and wanted you to kind of just get back in your box and do do your thing. Uh, but the quote comes from a Seth Godin book that I read recently called The Dip. I definitely recommend it. Um, and it's uh, the quote is the next time you catch yourself being average when you feel like quitting, realize that you only uh, that you have only two good choices, quit or be exceptional. Average is for losers. Am I being too harsh? It's your isn't your time and your effort and your career and your reputation too valuable to squander on just being average? Average feels safe, but it's not. It's invisible. It's the last choice, the path of least resistance. The temptation to be average is just another kind of quitting, the kind to be avoided. You deserve better than average. And I think that this speaks really well to I think the golf business and other businesses as well as it's like, okay, here's the track. Here's what you follow. Just, you know, be a, uh, be an above average, you know, employee where uh, you get the job done and you get all your responsibilities done and you move up the ladder. But I think that you can do that. I don't necessarily, I get what he's saying with kind of quit or be exceptional, but I do think especially kind of early on in your career, um, while you're gathering these skills as being a golf professional, I think that there's definitely a lot of background to be had there, and there is a lot of time that goes along with that. Um, interacting with members, just understanding how the logistics and operations of the clubs work and the things that do translate to other places. But I don't encourage anybody to just focus completely on that. Um, finding out what interests you, finding out areas where you can be exceptional, um, you know, I did, uh, I started regripping business uh, when I was at, uh, at a club and, and that went really well because it was kind of my thing. And even though I was doing my day-to-day responsibilities and doing them very well to then being named head golf professional, um, uh, there having that business is having that kind of that be as my own thing helped me. It's not exactly what I was talking about here, but, um, just be, my point is that I think that, I think that especially in today's day and age, um, uh, when I said that example, I was like, that example doesn't really work because it was kind of my thing and it was insular. Nobody really, I wasn't, it wasn't noticeable. Uh, but then as we started to get more into the technology world as when I was a head golf professional, started doing more, uh, videos around the merchandising, uh, more using social media, using digital media to, to, to market the, the, uh, merchandising operation and what we were doing to educate members on what was going on at the club. Um, those things started to get more noticed, um, whether it was getting, you know, chapter merchandiser of the year, um, and, and being in a very close race for first section merchandiser of the year, the first year of kind of applying for it, um, was just because of those kind of those creative outlets and those things got noticed. Um, 
I don't necessarily agree with the, the, the ranking system of it being based a lot on profit. Um, I think that, but the fact that it, we got noticed, uh, you know, against a club that I, I think increased their, their sales by like 50% or 30% or something like that in one year, because they started doing, doing club fitting and, and club sales that, that they hadn't done before. Um, but I think that getting noticed, it was because of, of stepping out of, kind of what was the status quo and what was average and what was being done at other places. Um, and I just, I encourage anybody, whether it's um, creatively with making content or making videos or digital media or anything, writing or anything like that, um, to just really, uh, to really double down on that. It, and you can also, you know, stay within your responsibilities. I do feel like you need to build those. Um, but don't wait to start building the other skills on top of that because those skills are tend to be the ones um, that will differentiate you because um, you can go to 10 different places and uh, an interview and the one of those places is looking for somebody that specifically has the skill set for making videos or being able to write a blog or whatever those kind of new, new skills are um, outside of kind of the golf world and, and then you're going to stand out head and shoulders above everybody else um, that may be better at other things, but you have that exceptional skill um, that a lot of others don't. Uh, so I just encourage everybody to do that. I always get a little nervous when I get preachy with these. So any feedback you have on that, um, let me know. You can always email me, j at pgaj.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, pgaj, uh, also Snapchat as well. And that's it. Thanks for listening.